You are listening to an exclusive on Pod Hub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The buck goes win. You are listening to the North Shore Nine podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to Starbucks. I am your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, as always, Jim Rosati. Welcome, Jim. How you doing today? Good morning. Back from uh, back from the weekend in Pittsburgh. So yeah, doing pretty good. That's right. You're in Pittsburgh this weekend, and you attended a brilliant game <laughs> once again. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was the. Uh, I was somehow. I actually stayed for the fireworks Saturday night in what was one of the worst games I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Congrats. Loss. Yeah, it was, it was bad. (laughs) Such a bad game. So I forgot about the other game you attended this year, Jim. So how are you doing this year on pirate games? Yeah, so far it's opponents 27 pirates one in, uh, in two games. Imagine spending money <laughs> to see that. I know. Jeez. Seriously. But um, besides the Pirates game itself, how was, uh, how was your return to Pittsburgh? It was good. Um, gosh, it is, it is so like miserably muggy up there. Though. I mean, it's the same here. I guess it's just kind of everywhere right now. But yeah, it was hot, humid. Yeah, it was hot. Nice. Okay. Well, with that said, um, so a lot of stuff happened this week. Uh, none of it really good, I guess, in the most pirate sense that there is. Uh, we're going to talk about Polanco. We're going to talk about a little bit of Eckstein. I, we got Yoshi. Yoshi news. The best DH that's ever existed. The best future DH that's ever existed, I should say. Uh, let's. I don't know. What do you want to do first? Do you want to get into the Polanco news? Yeah, let's do that first. All right. So, so yeah. So, first off, after Bill Beer Temple botched the entire news and reporting of Polanco, as we talked last week, right? He was just simply put on waivers. He passed waivers. He was in a lineup. He was in right field. He was still playing um, until the Pirates officially decided no more. Gregory Polanco has been officially released. His tenure with the Pirates is over. That said, of course, he can be picked up by another team now. He can be available for the playoff roster. There's been some reports, apparently, that the Cardinals are kicking the tires on Gregory Polanco. But for whatever however it is, let's talk about the situation in itself. Because Gregory Polanco has been a very polarizing topic for the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. And as Tyler and I were talking about on you know NS9 Live, I just feel like this fan base is bored right now. This team needs to get good really quick because that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, Gregory Polanco has been bad, regardless of how you think of him. He has been bad. 
He's been released. And there's people fighting back and forth about it. So I'll give you the floor, Jim. Give us your thoughts and your opinions on this whole situation on Gregory Polanco. And is this the right move? Um, I, so personally, I think I would have let him stay the rest of the year. Um, I think there's something to be said to just like treating somebody right in a year where the wins and losses clearly don't matter. He's not taking playing time away from anybody. Like you could just say, okay, well, Polanco, you're not going to start the rest of the year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Cole Tucker is his replacement. Like, what are we doing? Like, Cole Tucker's not even going to play hardly, um, nor does he deserve to play uh, based off of what he's done in AAA and what he's done in the majors. So, um, I, 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 I mean, it's mixed feelings for me. I, I clearly. I don't have a problem with anybody who says he should be DFA'd. He's been terrible and he's been terrible for a while. I love the guy, but he has a negative 1.1 war this year. He's, I mean, you could argue he's the worst everyday player in baseball. Right. Um, and, And like, that's a, that's a very valid argument. So it's hard for me to get too upset that they, that they did this. Um, that's it. I probably would have let him stick it out the rest of the year just for the fact that the team seems like him. He's a good clubhouse guy. And it's not like there's anybody who's just banging on the door, needing those, those plate appearances and at bats. Um, so that's my thought. Um, it was, you know, it's a very unceremonious ending to the Gregory Polanco era, but, uh, I think we all kind of saw this coming just based off of, I mean, he's been bad for three years now. And I'm not talking about like, you know, below average, like he's been bad right, <laughs> for a while. So it is what it is. I probably would have let him stick it out, but I see, see this argument as well, I guess. This is kind of more of like a business decision that the Pirates are making. I don't, I don't really buy the whole, you know, giving him an opportunity to go on another team. I don't think there's any team who's picking up, picking up Gregory Polanco. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. If someone picks him up for the postseason run, then sure, this was, this was, you know, the right thing to do. But I think from like a right thing to do standpoint, I think keeping him throughout the end of the year would, would have been that. Well, Jim, I said before, you know, like I'm indifferent in this situation. You know, if the Pirates were to move on like with Gregory Polanco, I'd be okay with it because for all the reasons you just mentioned, you know, I understand. If they were to keep him, I could understand because of the reasons. Also, as you've mentioned, that there's just simply no one that's like he's he's not blocking anyone, right? Like he told told me about. There's there's no one there. If Swaggy was still healthy, this makes all the sense in the world, right? Like almost. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say almost regardless of how Swagger is playing because Cole Tucker, that situation. But, you know, it's not as if like Gregory Polanco is blocking anyone. He's taking play time. Like we're not seeing the future because they're trotting out Gregory Polanco every day. Right. But I guess what I don't understand is because I said I'm indifferent to it. Right. They, they did go ahead and release him, And I'm OK with it. 
for all the reasons you just mentioned. You know, he is. I mean, when you look at the 2021 world leaders, you know, unqualified number, doesn't matter how many played appearances you have. Gregory is the fourth player, fourth worst player, point blank. The only players worse than him is Kelvin Gutierrez with a negative 1.2 war. Eugenio Suarez, which, by the way, is an everyday player for the Reds, who's a playoff team. But Eugenio Suarez, a negative 1.2 war. Then Luis Rengifo, <laughs> I apologize if I'm botching that, tied with Gregory Polanco with a negative 1.1, you know, and then Polanco. So he is essentially, like you mentioned, he's the second worst player in baseball. You know, when you add a plate appearance next to Eugenio Suarez, who also, though, Suarez has had success. So this is like an off year for him. He's been really good before. So when, like, I guess what I don't understand is the people that are fighting tooth and nail that this was screwed up. This is the worst thing ever. I I, I don't, I, I guess I just don't understand because he, he's, he's been terrible. Every, you know, like you said, you like the guy and I do too. I'm rooting for Polanco all day long, his entire tenure here. And it just didn't work out, you know? I really wanted to see him. He's, he's an easy guy to root for. I totally get that. And you see about the clubhouse stuff. You see how he's a great teammate. And all this. I, I understand that. Great, too. Right? Like these are all reasons that you can fight for him. But it just simply, point blank, he is no longer a Major League Baseball player. Regardless of how good this team is or not, he is not a Major League Baseball player. I almost... Like for everything you're saying about do the right thing, do the right thing, this and that, I almost can argue the same sense as well as like what message are you sending this new regime? You know, in this new wave, you're rebuilding this club, you want to set a new tone. Like, what message are you also sending that this is okay? You're like, we can accept and play every single day this. You know, like that's 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 a point mm-hmm. I make. I mean, we were fighting all the time about what's Kevin Newman still doing a lineup for, you know, and yes, he finally gets benched. Now he's performed, so he's in there, but at the same sense, it's the same thing with Newman. You know, like why is Newman playing every day? What is he earning? In the same sense, what is Gregor Polanco earning? And you know he's not here next year, where you know there is some control with Newman and maybe he can turn things around, but the Polanco thing experience done, so why hold on to it? The only reason to hold on it is just because let's do the right thing for him. But to that, I also say this isn't as if this is Andrew McCutcheon. This isn't like it's, it's his last hurrah. It's Andrew McCutcheon. He's done so much for the city. You know, I mean, when the Angels were okay to say, see you later, Albert Pujols. What, what do the Pirates really need to like, keep Gregory Polanco for? Um. And, and that that argument right there is is extremely valid. So that's why I I said you know I can see both sides here, because I I yeah I mean that also makes sense. Like what what message does this send if you're like hey we're cool with this you know so we're 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 not going to hold Polanco accountable for his terrible play on the field. We're going to continue to let him be on this roster for the rest of the year. Um, I don't know if it's anything like the Pujol situation, but as far as, as far as, um, as far as it goes, yeah, I, I see both arguments. I tend to be a little bit more on the, the team likes them. Let them stay throughout the end of the year because this team sucks anyways. So 
I'm on that side, but I, I see both sides. Yeah. I just, you know, again, like I, that, that just bothers me some, you know, well, this team stinks anyways. Like to a degree, like what kind of trash is that as, as a GM, you know, <laughs> like, well, you know, I'm this, we, we suck anyway. So that's why we're going to keep you. Yeah. Well, again, you have to realize, listen, there, there is value, right? There's value that's not captured in the war. Right. Yes. So it's Gregory Polanco's off field value. Does that warrant keeping them for the rest of the year? And so apparently they decided it wasn't. Um, and so that's the move that they made. I would tend to believe just on on a team that's struggling. They they. You know, they're not playing very good baseball but they do actually seem to have fun every now and then maybe, maybe Polanco, you know, had something to do with that. So I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think in the, in the long run, it'll really mean much, but that's, that would have, that would have been what I would have done. If that's what it was, then let the parts carry on. And in memory of Gregory Polanco, carry on that legacy of having fun of those moments Again, his jersey in the dugout. There you go. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I'm cool with that. Keep him there in spirit. Remember all the things that he brought. But, but again, I mean, this is just simply a guy who's had over 3,000 plate appearances and has amassed a total of two WAR. However, in the past three years, as you have mentioned, Jim, he has totaled over negative two point WAR. Just. Yeah. simply hasn't been good. 87 way to run creator plus 41 way to run creator plus 72 way to run creator plus negative 0.2 war, negative 0.7 war, negative 1.1 war. He isn't good. He isn't remotely good. It's unfortunate. Has a lot of it been probably dealt with that shoulder injury? Absolutely. It has. I mean, we've seen the effects of it. It's just an unfortunate situation for him. I would root hard for him. I hope he has success. I hope he lands a job somewhere still. He wants to play. He said he wants to play. I don't think he will, but I hope he does for the type of guy he is. But that just is what it is, and that's where it ends. Like He is a good guy. Good guys don't play baseball. Good major league players play baseball. As a matter of fact, a lot of really bad guys play baseball. So (laughs) as we've learned with, with baseball players... Um, he's just not producing. I'm completely okay with this. And I just, again, I just have a hard time backing up and people like fighting tooth and nail to to keep him, that this was wrong. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's all I really have to say about it. You know what this also means is that, uh, you, you lost your over under (laughs) home run total. I did. That's done. (laughs) See, I'm taking even myself, like like putting me aside, the betterment of the team. Even with that said, this is a good situation. This well, not a situation at all. No, it's not a good situation. This was to me a an okay move. There's nothing wrong with what they did. The only thing that was wrong, the only reason this is a situation, is because of Beer Temple, who still has yet to acknowledge that he screwed up that reporting. Yeah, that um, that's still pretty rough because again, that was just it was poor reporting. 
he put out a story that was completely inaccurate. All the other Pirates beat writers had to correct him and explain what had actually happened. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, he never like he never came out and said, "Hey, sorry, my bad. I you know misunderstood the waiver rules." You know, right. It, no. Like, oh, did well. he? Regardless of self admitting he made a mistake, did he actually even correct his mistake? Did he even say, "Oh, by the way, it was"? I just think he just like ignored it. <laughs> He just yeah, moved like, on I mean, to the I, next I, story. I just literally saw nothing about it after he put up the story. Yeah. Same. Okay. Just wanted to because I don't really follow him, but I just wanted to make sure. But yeah, like you said, it's yeah. it's the same. It's the same same reason the Giants got Jose Quintana. It's the same reason the Reds got Asdrubal Cabrera. Like waivers happen, but no one talked about it on those t- clubs until it happened because it's a non-story. Anyways, we'll move on. We've already hashed that to the death. Anyways, okay. So I guess we'll slide a little bit here to, of course, the guy that took Gregory Polanco's spot in Cole Tucker. So Cole Tucker is getting the call up now. Uh, you've, you've said your feelings on him. Uh, I can't disagree either. So part of the reason that you might want to keep Polanco is the fact that there's no one knocking on the door. Uh, I've, I've said that I wouldn't be shocked if Cole Tucker never sees a day in a Pirates uniform again. You know that we're not going to see him in the, in the team this year, and then they move on from mm-hmm. him next year. Wouldn't be shocked at all. I was wrong in the sense of he is going to wear a pirate uniform again. It is now, um, but I still don't feel as if he'll be on the club next year. Uh, to me, even though he's not performing well, he has increased his walk rate. I'll give him that. If we're going to talk anything positive on the on him, he has increased his walk rate. However, he still can't hit a baseball. I don't believe that yeah. he's going to come up here and do anything, but maybe this is just Charrington's way of saying we gave you a last shot before we moved on from you. Yeah, I think that's all this is. Um, yeah, he's he has shown he's he really hasn't hit the ball since high A. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He, he, he couldn't do double A. He couldn't. Yeah, I mean, he. It's been four years <laughs> since he's <laughs> since he's been a good hitter. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm. I guess I'm fine with them giving him a call up here. Just kind. Of, I mean, it, this is pretty much like the Alford situation, in my opinion, where it's like that's a good. Hey, good you guys are probably you guys are probably getting DFA'd, but you know what? We suck. There's no one else to play. So here, go ahead and, and get two or three weeks worth of playing time. If, if you show that you still suck, then, you know, we'll cut loose, but yeah, Cole Tucker is definitely, definitely on that, uh, chopping block this off season. And I don't, I mean, barring a, a stretch run here where he just goes off. I, I just don't see it happening any other way i'm with you and you are, I, I you are right though that happens. you are right though walk rate a little bit you know a lot better this year but but again who cares what your walk rate is when you're batting 220 well no power <laughs> okay yeah I'll, I'll say i mean that's not totally because you could be like you know yasmani grandal and bat like 190 <laughs> but you're on yeah. bases 400 yeah. you're yeah. still slugging 500 yeah. but that's a thing like so his walk rate's good but everything else is terrible so yeah 
Okay. I'll say a little too far about terrible. I mean, the thing is, in AAA, he has amassed a 100 way to runs created plus. So the walk rate, which is extremely high, has made him an average hitter. But, 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 it's just the walk rate that's carrying that. Because you said there is still no power. He's not hitting for average. And here's the thing, too, Jim. Like, we're also talking about a guy who is now 25 years old. You know, this also isn't a situation where, well, you know, he's 23. He's learning AAA. He's, you know, he's doing this. Like, we're giving him his time as at-bats. He's been at AAA now for a couple of years. He's been in Major League Baseball for a couple of years. You can't be, you know, like, and you compare it to Alfred's situation. I think true. It's like, okay, so Alfred did what he did in AAA. Let's give him this shot. You fail. We can move on. But what I think is a little bit different is Alfred was actually really producing in AAA. You know, like Alfred's AAA numbers, even though the strikeout rate was, mm-hmm. of course, worrisome, right? Like we, we recognize that he still was hitting the ball. He was crushing the ball when he hit it. So yeah, hey, it's probably not going to translate. But here you go with Cole Tucker. It's not as if he's blazing through AAA either. You know, like that's the thing. He's 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 not like oh well he's you know, he's put up all these numbers. We still don't believe it. It's probably not going to translate it. But here's a shot. It's like well your AAA numbers are meh. <laughs> you know, so. There's not really it's like real push to get you there, other than the fact that you were the first round pick, you had this pedigree, and this offseason is probably going to be a real big decision on you. You know, there's no lock at all to carry Cole Tucker. So it's here's one month left of Major League Baseball. You haven't shown me in AAA, you figured it out, but we'll give you your, your shot at the Major Leagues. You still show me you haven't figured it out, we're done. Cole Tucker, we got too many 40-man roster issues. We're moving on from mm-hmm. you. And I think that's all this is. This is all this is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he He's just... He's not a major league player. Um, I mean, I think you could make an argument if he, if he can hit a little bit, you know, then he can become like a utility guy. But he yeah. hasn't even shown he can do that. I mean, we know the glove plays. I mean, we, that's what we talked right. about. But we yeah. that's why, you know, him moving around last year, I was kind of okay with because I just felt like his best case scenario is a utility player. And if he can have a glove and play in every single position, hit just enough, as you're mentioning, then maybe he can be a utility guy. But to me, I don't feel as if he hits anywhere near enough, anywhere near enough yeah. to be a utility guy. No. I mean, forget the glove. It's not that worthy of a bench spot. <clears throat> No, he hasn't shown that he's capable of being a major league hitter. Cool. You know who has shown to be capable of being a major league hitter? Jim Rosati. Who's that? Mr. Yoshi Studio. I cannot believe you don't know Phil Collins songs. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm actually not ashamed of myself. No, you should be. Really? You're listening to the wrong people on Twitter. I'm really proud of myself that I don't know Phil Collins. I will say this. I, I did listen to a couple of Phil Collins songs, and there are, I think, two, you know, that I that I recognize. Um, not like, but recognize. it's not like they're any That's good. That's what bothers me. You're not even but it's knowing. Not that they're any, it's not that they're any good. Like, they all suck. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, you're garbage. You're a garbage man. <laughs> you know what's crazy is, like, I mean, I, I tweet a lot, right? I mean, I, I, there's, there's a lot of tweets out there. But the <laughs> that tweet about 
the suit suit Sugio thing. <laughs> That's like the last three days, my Twitter mentions are just blowing up with either people who love Phil Collins and are like defending him to the death, or people who are like, yeah, Phil Collins sucks. You know, there's <laughs> like it's been a weird hodgepodge in my mentions the past the past couple of days about like you got like these you got Phil Collins fans, you've got Greg Brown fans. And then you've got Phil Collins haters, and then you've got Greg Brown haters. So there are these these four groups of people who are all coming together, and yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah, that that tweet is <laughs> it's insane. I don't get, I don't understand it. <laughs> the Pirates need to get good again, <laughs> really. Yeah, like really this soon. is this is what we're talking about. Like my whole Twitter timeline is either Phil Collins love or hate, and then Greg Brown love or hate. It's, wow. That's what it is. We're not even talking about Yoshi Susugo, which is <laughs> who we were bringing up originally, and we're the still whole talking. Entire about reason this. why, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Yoshi. Like we're not talking about how great Yoshi is or this or that. It's Yoshi has transcended into Greg Brown talk and Phil <laughs> Collins talk, and that's all we're talking about. Uh, perfect. Yes. yes. No. My my thing is, if you don't like Phil Collins, I could be okay with that. But just the fact that you don't know Phil Collins, I'm just like I'm questioning your music. Like uh, everything about you right now, Jim. Everything about you. But I mean, I, we'll move on. I know who he is. I don't think you really do. <laughs> I mean, when I said, "Do you even know Genesis?" Your response was, "What is a Genesis?" I was thinking you meant the Sega game. <sighs> Whatever. All right. So, I had a Sega Genesis growing up. As did I. Yoshi has become a Pittsburgh Pirate since day one in coming over. We talked and mentioned how no expectations, just a guy. But to me, at least, there was some intrigue because of, of course, the power he presents. There's a reason why the Rays signed him. There's a reason why the Dodgers picked him up. But at the same time, there's also reasons why both teams said that we're, we're done with you as well, right? So the Pirates picked him up. No real expectations. He's done nothing but just, like, to me... He makes me happy. Every time he's up, I'm happy. When he's in the field, I'm not so happy. I'll, I'll say that. Not a good defender at all. That right field, that should never be a position for him ever again. <laughs> like, not at PNC Park. He looks awful mm. in right field. I can I can stick with first base. Maybe see a little bit of third base in a pinch. But I'm, I'm already over right field. But that's okay. That's not his calling card. He's not Cole Tucker. He's here for a glove, potentially, and somewhat of an okay bat. He's here for the bat, and he has shown nothing but he's got a bat in Pittsburgh for some power. Already five home runs for the Pittsburgh Pirates in just 13 games, Jim. A walk-off home run against the Cardinals, which, for one, just, just that home run alone, they're already working on the statue for. <laughs> but, again, it is just 13 games. I'll get that. It's small sample. I'm not going off the ledge and saying, let's extend Yoshi. Let's get him here next year. He's going to be a mainstay in the 2022, you know, lineup and forward. But I'm very intrigued right now. Yeah, I mean, he's on a 62 home run pace, Donardo, <laughs> over the course of a full season. Is that all? <laughs> um, no, he's been he's been very refreshing to see right because the one the one aspect well 
not the one. There are a lot of aspects on this team that they're struggling in. But probably the most glaring one is power, like just someone who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. And uh, he's now shown that he is fully capable of doing this. Uh, and he's done it in big spots, too. Like, I feel like his home runs have been well-timed. They're late in games. They're they're either, like, when the game is tied or he's tying the game, he's taking the lead. Uh, he's, he's extending a short lead. Like, these are – he's coming through um, when they when they need him to. I mean, that, that walk-off home run was just excellent. Uh, I mean, gosh, that, that game seemed like it was out of reach, really. Just based off of yeah. how inept how inept the offense looked, like it was like, man, this this there's like no chance here. They're bringing in Alex Reyes. He's we're not scoring, we're not we're not getting any runs off of Alex Reyes. And then he just blasts a ball over the seats in right field, lands onto the right in the concourse behind the stands. I mean, he's he's been exciting, and uh, yeah, I mean, just extra base machine right now. It, it's it's fun to see the power. I don't know how long this is going to last, right? I mean, I don't know how sustainable this Yoshi mania is, <laughs> but um, but I'm fine with just keeping him in the lineup and seeing how long it plays. Um, he's again, this is a team that severely needs power, and if he can show that he can provide that down the stretch here, then I think you know he he definitely is an option for next year to bring back. Um, I mean, I say he's a free agent, so you'd have to, you know, sign, re-sign him. But uh, maybe there's uh, it's the change of scenery, what it is, but it's like it's clicking for him uh, for really the first time in his career. Uh, I mean, he was right. he was okay when he was in Tampa Bay, his his rookie year, but like he's never hit like this before. I mean, I know it's only two weeks, but goodness, he's just crushing the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing two weeks to have <laughs> under your yeah. belt. Uh, yeah. So to expose myself a little bit here as well, uh, I had a pretty busy weekend. So and I even tweeted, I think, on the the game you attended, Jim, I really didn't see. So I was very passively watching it. It was it was playing, right? But I wasn't watching. I was more listening and, you know, peeking here and there. And the same was could be said for Sunday's game for the most part. I was actually watching more of the middle. Uh, I, I wasn't able to watch it all at the beginning part. I think about the third inning is when I started watching. Uh, and then about the mm. sixth inning is when I was more like passively watching, working on some things. In the eighth inning, as you mentioned, like thinking this game is out of hand. The eighth inning, I actually had the game muted. Muted, Jim. Thought it was over. <laughs> I was made aware of the walk-off by my phone telling me as the game was actually on. <laughs> And I did a double, like, wait a minute. The, that means the Pirates won. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And I look up, and I'm like, holy hell, Yoshi hit a walk-off home run. So, yes, I'm a little embarrassed, a little exposed, but that's how I actually heard and knew that Yoshi hit the walk-off home run as the game was actually playing. It was from my phone alerting me. So I, I, I'm just with you as far as, I mean, what I said about him not playing right field again, I don't want to see it ever again. That's true. But unfortunately, with this team and the situation, like for him to get at bass, he's he's going to have to. So we're going to see this yeah. mess in right field still. But whatever, whatever it takes to get his bat in this lineup every single day, well, as much as every single day for the rest of this year, I'm for because you're 100 percent correct. It's only been two weeks, but this two weeks has he's 
or what we said about Hoy Park and you know all these other guys that you have to see them. You have to see them until you don't. And right now you have to see Yoshi. And I'm all for it. Power, you know, power plays. Power is a true skill. Um, you know, we we said before how you know power with no contact ability doesn't do any good, right? You mentioned how Yoshi could hit 25 bombs, like, and if you had a full season, he could hit 25 bombs. But if you're batting 150, does that really have any value? Probably not, yeah. right? Um, so far, though, so good. Like he has power, but he's also hitting the ball. He's uh, he's at a 333 at batting average. He's only striking out 16 percent of the time. Walk rate's still there. You know, that's something he's always had to is a high walk rate. So he has good on base, you know, skills. Definitely has the power skill. Still for everything's translating. Give him every opportunity. See what you have in him. Um, I don't know what it is either. Like you said, like maybe something just is clicking. I don't know. I mean, five home runs and they've all been clutch. And the thing too, like you talk about the home runs, like he's mm-hmm. had clutch just hits as well. You know? Yeah. That's true too. He he's he's been fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and um and again this isn't somebody who just like came out of nowhere i mean he was he was an elite hitter in japan you know for for many years so he's he's capable of doing it it's just a matter of can he do it against major league pitching and he really hasn't shown it up until this point but he's now showing it and i mean it's been fun because yeah he's definitely provided um, some spark. I mean, he's his, he's hit five home runs, Donardo. Mm-hmm. The Pirates are five and zero oh in the five games he's homered in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I mean, the Pirates will at so least win sixty two games next year <laughs> if Yoshi's on the club. <laughs> exactly, barring any multi home run games. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once he hits home run, you just take him out, save him for next game, right? Because we already got this right. one locked. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with it. And, and that's the thing, too. I mean, like, we look at his career. He's played in basically... So, like, in, in 130 games, he's amassed 18 home runs. With the Pirates, he's got 5 and 13. You know, like we said, like, the power's definitely <laughs> there, but it, he hasn't really, really shown it. I mean, that was his calling card. I mean, there's a reason the Rays paid. Like, the Rays, the bottom feed, you know, payroll team in baseball... The reason that the Rays said we are going to invest six million dollars in you, you know, I mean, like you said, there's clearly was something there. It's not just a guy that just like no one heard of. Well, no one's heard of him, but for the most part, but it's not just this guy that no one heard of, like Nagowski. It's not like Nagowski is coming up and has like five home runs and doing this. Right. There was some talent there, so maybe for some reason it's coming out. I don't know, but yeah, definitely uh, like what I'm seeing out of him. Want to see more out of him. Um, but so here's here's something that's maybe kind of ironic, right? So he comes to Pittsburgh. He does hit. He does show the stuff. Maybe the changes, maybe whatever it is. But what we're not going to see, and I guess give credit to, is it's not from Rick Eckstein, apparently, because Rick Eckstein, the hitting coach, maybe you could give credit to him for fixing Yoshi. Uh, we're not going to see that opportunity, and Derek Shelton doesn't think that's the reason that that Yoshi's playing well because Rick Eckstein was released of his duties yesterday. He's no longer the hitting coach for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and as it comes out, this was more or less Shelton's call. Shelton, Derek Shelton said it was his call. He didn't want Rick Eckstein there any longer, and therefore the Pirates said okay and moved on. 
Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Um, I I, I would have fired him earlier. Okay. But honestly, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he made it this far. Um, I mean, the Pirates are dead last in in baseball in weighted runs created plus. They're dead last in home runs. They're dead last in slugging. The only positive thing you could say about this team is that like they don't strike out a ton, <laughs> but like that doesn't matter <laughs> whenever you can't hit the ball. Uh, so yeah, this is a move that just had to happen. They're last in runs scored. They're they're just a, they're an abysmal offensive team. Um, and then I mean, you go down the lineup too. Like how many of these hitters have improved under Rick Eckstein? Um, I don't know if you could, I mean, you could say Brian Reynolds is having a good year, but is that Eckstein or is that just Reynolds being a good hitter? I mean, Reynolds was a good hitter before Eckstein. So I mean, did he, did he fix him? I don't know. I, I, it seemed like, I mean, it seems like just he's having the same approach as he always did maybe had something to do with that. I I don't know, but there are no hitters on this team who you're like, Hey, this guy, this guy's developing nicely. Right. You know, you could say Adam Frazier, but really when you looked at Adam Frazier's underlying statistics, that batting average, like he was just like, I, I, I still understand that. We talked about it the whole year where it's like, he, he was just like blooping balls perfectly over, over the infield. Um, so if you looked at his, you know, you looked at his stat cast numbers. He, it was nothing spectacular. So, yeah, and this is a move that, I, I mean, it needed to be done. Um, I'm a little surprised they're not hiring an interim hitting coach or, like, bringing up somebody from Indy or something like that. Like, at least having somebody there, I'm assuming it's just going to kind of be like a hodgepodge mixture of people who are going to be coaching folks from now on for the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, this uh, – the offense is terrible and right. I mean, what are you going to do? They're, they're bad. <laughs> well, the, the firing of him, you know, Tyler did bring it up last, last Thursday about like the coaching is more on the, the pitching side. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of led to like, let's talk about all the coaching, you know, and, and really has anyone yeah. really stood out. And, you know, I still – 2020 was a messed up year. You know, I I still can give a lot of passes for that season for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, a big one that stands out, of course, is the guy that you mentioned, like with Brian Reynolds, you know? Like, you, mm-hmm. you're a good hitter, you're a terrible hitter, and then you're an MVP type of hitter, you know? So, good, there's probably something in 2020. Let's let's sweep it under the rug and focus elsewhere. But, you know, you are correct. Like, when it comes to the, the hitting, you know, the pitching's the same too. But when it comes to the hitting – it's not as if anyone's like really standing out. It's not as if you look and say, yeah, like that guy looks better. This guy looks better. For the most part, like since 2019, I mean, Kevin Newman's been terrible. Right? Like he's mm-hmm. dropped off. He was the same thing as Brian Reynolds. Like him and Reynolds were, I'm not going to say the same hitter, but the same type of production. Like they're good quality batters. Reynolds and Newman are on very different paths right now. You know, but like you go up and down the lineup as well. I mean, there there's some people like Adam Frazier, right? You mentioned Adam Frazier looks terrible right now. As much as a believer I am in Adam Frazier, there, there's still some question marks of what he was doing. I wasn't on board too much of extending him unless it was like just this ridiculously team friendly type of contract. Um, yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, but like since 2020 and 2021, it's not as if you're looking and saying, yeah, like the X side effects, it's good. Also, at the same time, it's not as if the team that really has talent either. You know, like what is he really working right. with? I get that too. But I'm perfectly okay with him being released. I guess what just kind of, what kind of, I'm not say shocks me, but like I'm intrigued to know about is it was Shelton's call. And then they're doing it right now, like not waiting until this season. Now, here's something I get. If you've made the decision in your mind that you want to move on, to me, there's no reason to keep this going. You know, some people have questioned the timing, not like how you said it's too late, but they're questioning timing. Why now? Why not after the season or such? If it's in your head that this guy's not it, what's the point of keeping around? <clears throat> you've already determined that. Why not just cut ties there? I'm also, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm with you too, but intrigued. Like, so there's no one taking over. But in Shelton's comments, you know, with him and Charrington, they they mentioned how they're creating like this. Uh, how do you word it? They have this hitting plan. Like they have this plan worked out, mm-hmm. and with that plan, X time was going. So they have something in motion. So I don't know what it is, but again, like I guess what gets me is that it was Shelton's call. What was it so much that Shelton had an issue with? Because at the same time, this is the kind of where I feel bad for Rick Eckstein. Derek Shelton, potentially one of the worst managers in baseball, said he doesn't want you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like This wasn't also Charrington's call. This was a guy who I think people question even uh, way more than everything you talk about with Eckstein, right? Like, what are you doing, Sean? You're not going to be here. You're a terrible manager. And, like, it was your call, and Charrington was, like, okay with it. So, like, how terrible was Eckstein then? And how, like, I feel bad going home and saying, this guy who's not going to be major league, you know, uh, manager in a few years just fired me. You suck. suck? And you're telling me I suck. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. I think the the, the big factor here too is like Eckstein was not Shelton's guy, right? Eckstein was hired by Clint Hurdle. True. So, you know, if you're Shelton and you are struggling, you at least want to do it with your guys. <laughs> and Eckstein wasn't his guy. He he was kind of he, he him and Cora were like the two holdovers, right? So Cora's still there. But um, yeah, so I, I'm completely fine with Shelton being like, hey, you know what? We tried you out. It's not working and it's it's affecting my performance now. So. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bring in my own guys now to 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 fix this issue. Um, again, I, I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did. I mean, I probably would have fired him after last year if I was Shelton. Yeah. Again, just the fact that he's not your guy. You 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 know that Sheldon has something in the back of his mind as far as like who he wants to bring in for, to do this, right? I mean, he's been around baseball for 30 years. He he's got someone in mind. He's got people in mind that he wants to work work with this team. Um, and X Sign's not 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 one of them. So I mean, at the first sign of X Sign not performing, then yeah, bring in your own guy. So I think I think that's probably what's on deck here. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do. Hitting coaches is something. Hitting coaches are something that they've really. Uh, 
they've really um, transformed in the past few years. You've got a lot more people now doing like the individual hitting instructions at, you know, places like driveline and, and those sorts of places, um, you know, and teams are actually like encouraging that kind of stuff. So I feel like a hitting coach in baseball right now, you know, you, you almost need to, you need somebody who like can really understand that those sort of things. And, and it's almost like the hitting coach himself isn't even the one putting together, you know, the plans it's, it's like, you've got the players who go and they get these hitting coaches and then the major league hitting coach really just has to be there to kind of help reinforce what's being built, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by these third party guys. So it, it's a, it's a weird position that has the dynamics of it have changed recently. Um, because you know, when you, when you hear all these people, all these hitters in particular, and they're asked, Hey, well, what changes did you make? What, what did you do different now? Every one of them will tell you, oh, well, I went to go see so-and-so. I went to go see so-and-so. It really doesn't have anything to do with their hitting coaches. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's it's like, hey, I made this change to my swing. Um, you know, I, I went to this facility during the offseason every day, and, and we we worked on something. And it's not their major league hitting coach is doing it. So the the hitting coach now at the major league level is just, a, is, it's just like, Hey, what are you all, what are you doing? That's, that's working for you. And then, you know, how are we going to just reinforce that throughout the season? Right. Cause he's the one who's with them all year, but it's, it's a unique position. It's changed. Um, and, and whatever the pirates were doing clearly wasn't working. Cause like I said, I just listed off all the things they were last in the league. in. you know, if you look at, you look at batted ball numbers, they're also last in the league and everything there, last in the league in barrels, last in the league in barrel percentage, last in the league in average exit velocity, last in the league in yeah. launch angle. So it, it's so what are we doing here? Like let's it has to something has to change. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, again, that's that's it. I'm I'm perfectly okay with this. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not shocked. Uh, as I said on Thursday, I'd be okay if they went into next season with these guys just because there's not a whole lot of talent, right, in the weird year. But I'm also perfectly okay if they can them and say, I mean, it's it's not working. Let's let's try to find something better. Uh, and that's clearly what they're doing, at least on the pitching side. I'm sorry, the, the uh, hitting side. Uh, I don't think Oscar Marine's job, with this being said, and this happening now, I'm not sure if Oscar Marine's job is going to be safe. But like you mentioned, which makes a lot of sense, I didn't really think of, uh, Exxon isn't Shelton's guy. So I guess in the same sense, if you are failing at a manager and you think you're on the hot seat, this might be your last attempt too to save your job. Like he's not my guy. Here's my excuse. Let me get my guy and I'll make sure we can turn this team around. Still don't think that's going to help Shelton. Uh, but regardless, I can, I can understand that. Um, so yeah, uh, and again, I'm not going to dig too much deeper. You said everything that was great. And those are all the reasons why I think he is gone. Um, so yeah, so that's that. I guess we'll move on. To uh, real quick, uh, okay, real quick yeah. before we actually move on, um, Jason Mackey just reporting, uh, Philip Evans and Hoy Park are being called up today, which uh, obviously means bad <laughs> thing for Chavis and Hayes, their injuries. Oh, so, okay, yes. So, Chavis and, and Hayes both got dinged up in the St. Louis series, Chavis on that crazy dive that, that oh, he. Man almost made an, an, an unbelievable catch on, but messed up his shoulder. So it sounds like he's going to be heading to the IL and then Hayes um, contusion on his other hand. So 
Mm-hmm. They, they're probably just taking it easy with Hayes. Hayes could probably, you know, stand a, a break too. So, uh, but yeah, Phillip Evans and Hoy Park on their way back up. Okay. Well, I'm also over Phillip Evans. <laughs> um, Hoy Park's back. Okay. I, I'm cool with that. Um, of course, not the, for the reasons. I was Chavis. We didn't yeah. talk too much, but I don't think he's had the same success and length, if you want to consider length, as Yoshi. But he was playing well here. You know, another guy that you, I would like to see, you know, finish and play as long as he can. I'm not sure how that's going to go for him. But, you know, Park gets another shot. So let's see what he can do and capitalize on it. So, all right. Okay. Also, I guess Shelby Miller got the call. We can talk about that for just yeah. a second. Yeah. Shelby Miller. Yeah. Shelby and Miller. So there's going to be three new guys in uh, in Chicago this week. Yeah. Um, Miller didn't pitch very much in Indianapolis. I think he only had like nine. He didn't have 10 innings. I think pitched. it was eight. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it was, it was pretty much all short, you know, late inning relief mm-hmm. outings. So, which he, he performed. He's, he did still yeah. small sample, but in that small sample, it's yeah. looked excellent. Yeah. Um, he, he's looked good. So we'll, we'll see what Shelby Miller still has. He's still not even that old. He's only like, 30. that's, that's what kind of, that's, what's kind of crazy. He, he, I feel like he, he must have, he broke in the majors super young. I mean, he was 21 when he made his debut with the Cardinals. Um, so he was, he was also he, really good. <laughs> yeah. feels like he was, he's been around forever. He, I mean, he was, yeah, really good those first like four years. And then he had 25 and everything fell apart. So he's, he's followed the weird career arc so far. Um, but yeah, Shelby Miller back in the majors. So we'll see. But yeah, along the, we did the Chavis. Let's talk about him for just a little bit. Sure. Um, somebody who I, I wasn't super high on when we acquired him oh, mainly same. just because, you know, he's, he's kind of just showed that he strikes out a lot. He doesn't walk a lot. He's really, if, and if the power's not there, he's, pretty much worthless right um now he's shown in the in the one week or so that he's been with the pirates that you know he's got he can hit right um he still is he's a zero walk rate right now for the pirates um he was (laughs) 1.2 walk rate for the red Sox. he he has he has one walk on the year <laughs> in, in nine uh, in a hundred wait geez in a hundred and four plate appearances he's walked one time so like that right there is bad <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's terrible um, <laughs> and so like unless he's hitting 340 <laughs> like, like that's that just one. not <laughs> It's like batting not 340 work. and his on yeah. base is 344. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, now it's worked for this week. He's batting 364 with a 364 on base percentage, right? Um, so I mean, that's the thing with Chavis. I I don't know if the change of scenery is gonna help. I'm I'm fine with taking the flyer on him. Mm-hmm. He he does have some talent, clearly. Um but yeah, I, I would. It's a bummer that he got hurt because I I would have liked to see him play a lot down the stretch. Because again, he's another guy where 
you just gotta you gotta figure out hey is this some is this something is there something here if so let's hold on to him if not move on because he's kind of in that he's really in that cole tucker boat honestly um you know prospect coming up high draft pick first round pick and he was actually was he even the same draft as tucker was tuck was tucker 2014 too I want to say yeah so actually the two of them were drafted almost tucker was the 24th overall pick chavis was the 26th overall pick in the 2014 draft so they're they they followed almost the exact same career arc chavis has hit a lot more in the minors than tucker and chavis has hit a lot more in the majors than tucker Mm -hmm. um but there there are there are big flaws in both of their games and so they're both really like i said they're in that same boat where it's like okay it's either time to it's either time to put up or shut up uh you either have to show that you're you're capable of doing this or we've got to move on yeah i i agree i agree i I will say this they're in the same boat uh personal opinion though is i would if i had to make a choice i'm picking chavis even though i didn't like the trade just like you said uh i I wasn't all gung-ho about it you know why this guy is another person that's not going to make the majors um but to me it's not me saying how i'm going to choose chavis because i really like chavis it's i'm going to choose chavis because i'm just really 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 down on cole tucker that's more of what it is but yeah good yeah call. if i had to pick between it yeah if i had to pick between the two i'd go chavis uh and listen and that's why i would have liked to hopefully this this injury isn't serious and it like knocks him out for the rest of the year because i do want to see him get some significant playing time before mm-hmm. the end of the year. Same. Because, because yeah, like it's, it's evaluation time for them. Like we need to find out if there's, if there's something usable there. Yep. Absolutely agree. Okay. So with that said, anything else that you want to mention major league wise? I think that's, that does it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Then let's go to our minors. <laughs> So I'll say this. Uh, there's definitely two guys that we want to talk about. There's two guys that stood out this week. There's two guys that probably could have made minor league player of the week, but only one can win, and it was Quinn Priester. Uh, so maybe we'll start with Quinn Priester. Yeah. Um, he, did, he did a thing. Gosh. <laughs> he, I mean, he was outstanding um, in his start this week. So he, uh, he, he had a perfect game going, basically, for the first – four innings he struck out 11 of the first 12 batters he faced i mean he was he was was incredible um but he ended up finishing the game six innings pitched he gave up one hit didn't walk anybody and he struck out 13 batters um so just an unbelievable start i mean probably his best one of the year he did have a seven scoreless inning outing earlier this month Mm-hmm. You know, he had seven, seven innings, one run a little bit earlier too, but like this was, this was just a dominating performance. And, uh, he looks like, I mean, looking at the numbers now they're, they're, they keep getting better and better. He looks like that guy who all the scouts were salivating about over the off season. Right. Yep. And, and why he made that huge jump on prospect lists. I mean, he's now, I mean, so he's, he's 20 years old, high a ball. 
He now has a 2.86 earned run average in his mm-hmm. 17 starts. Um, he's got the, the K rate over 1K per inning. Um, the walk rate isn't great, but it's not terrible either, but it keeps going down. Um, yeah, he, um, he he's looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Uh, I think the, if you had if you had one knock on him, you know, you, you want to see a little bit more control and maybe a little bit more strikeouts. But as of late, he seems to have figured that out. Um, he's striking, he's striking out more people. Um, and he's walking less people in his last few starts. And, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it's really clicking for him. And that, I mean, that, that's just an insane start out of him last week. <laughs> yes, it was. So again, he fit, he went six innings, right? So in six innings, you need 18 outs in those six innings. He faced 19 batters. Like you got everyone out, mm-hmm. but one, I just completely, just completely dominated that game um and, and you are correct with all the other things and yes it's quinn priesters i felt like his early season performance was a little bit shaky right i mean all the hype he was getting into the season you really want to see him perform because it's like what what is it with the quinn priester like how did he just blow up on the scene without a season last year like what is he doing so you're real anxious to see and i think at the beginning of the season it was a little bit shaky right he had some good performances some some not so good it's gotten better, like you mentioned, and now we look at the entire season as a whole. You can't. There's not too much you can complain about, right? You can't nitpick what you are uh, saying, and there's still worries about it. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this performance lives up to the hype that he got, but it is a really good season, and it is showing that he is a good pitcher. So certainly someone into the future. Uh, but yeah, like now, 85 innings pitched in the 2.86 ERA, 87 strikeouts. I mean, those are those are pretty nice. But what's most important is, like you said, he has improved. He's gotten better right now. And again, this last game, just literally untouchable. Yeah, good to see. Good to see. So also very good to see. Now, imagining three home runs in one game and then not being the player of the week, right? Nick Gonzalez. So this is the third week in a row. We've really highlighted Nick Gonzalez. The two weeks ago it was like, well, look what he's done over this last you know month. Last week it was like, well, look what he's done over these last five weeks. And now each week it's getting better and better and better. He's hitting. Yeah. <clears throat> this is your this is your dude. Go ahead, take it. I think you have like yeah. was it five autograph cards in Nick Gonzalez? What do you got now? No, it's, it's way more than that. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, Clearly, you're due. But no, he's he. I mean, he's he's doing exactly what you want him to see. I still, I, I'm. I guess are they they might just be keeping him in high A ball. <clears throat> I don't know if they're maybe trying to just keep that team together for for the playoff run. Um, I I don't know what they're doing, but uh, he's clearly shown now that he is dominating high A ball. He's now hitting 298 with a 365 on base percentage and a 544 slugging percentage. So that is that is a 999 OPS. Wait, no, I, my math's wrong. 1009 OPS, right? Yeah, could be 1009 OPS. Um, he's got a weighted runs created plus of 140. No, oh, wait, 910 OPS. My math sucks. 910 OPS. <laughs> 140 weighted runs created plus. Uh, but but again, he is just we keep talking about him. He's on fire. Um, really ever since like mid-July, 
he has just been on an absolute tear um multi-hit game after multi-hit game home runs um last week he hit four four more home runs in in five games the dude just keeps hitting um i want them i, I really want to see him in double a but I, I don't know what they're doing i they're, i guess they're just i i i want to see i want to I want to hear the justification for this because the re- and the reason why I'm saying this is because all of his peers have pretty much moved to double A. Yeah. Right. So like the college hitters in the class have, have moved on to double A and I want to know why, <laughs> why he hasn't yet. Cause he's, we, the, we were talking about like the K rate being like maybe a little bit high, mm-hmm. but that keeps plummeting. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. plummeting. Um, he's doing everything you want him to do like let's let's see i i want to see him against double a pitching so bad denardo yes you do <laughs> it's been well documented on this show that you do and in the first week i i said how <laughs> is that is that the theme for me this year i'm just indifferent you know he hasn't gotten a whole lot of plate appearances so i'm okay keeping him down there letting him have that success um because like what's really a couple weeks going to be for him uh, and then the next week he's still, and that's the thing too, like each week, right? It's not as if he's just been just as good. He's gotten better every week. And and that's why I'm at the point where I'm at, you know? So like I said, last week he, he was even better than all those weeks before. And it's like, well, okay. You know, I guess I can see our side. Like he's not just keeping the status quo right now. He's, he's taking up another notch. So maybe put him up there. And then this week again, like it was even better. Like every week, He's just blowing the stats out the water over the previous week. So now I'm on point. Like I get it's just two weeks of like the double A season left, but just do it. Just do it. I mean, clearly at this point in time, he is just annihilating high A baseball. So like you said about mid-July, since yes, July 16th, which is like this date we keep using because two weeks ago, that was a month ago. Uh, so in the last six weeks, mm-hmm. he is batting 361. His on base of 424. His slugging is 639. His OPS is 1,063, a 179 way to runs created plus. He is basically 80% better than the average player he's playing against. Strikeout rate, 23.3%, just as you said, just plummeting down. I mean, this guy looks so legit. So why not just, even though it's for two weeks, give him that promotion, give him that kudos, give him that carrot. You're in double A. Congratulations. But also, I'll say selfishly to a degree, I want to see him in double A as well because that double A lineup, like now imagine Nick Gonzalez in Altoona. That lineup is, it should be illegal. It should be illegal. Yeah. And once he goes into that Altoona lineup, and I mean, Altoona's playing for a playoff spot too. So it's, it's not like, you know, you're you're taking Nick Gonzalez out of a playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, you're putting him in one. I don't know. I'm right, exactly. So, like, I, I don't know. I just I'm looking at everybody else, right? And Torkelson's in high in, in triple A now. Mm-hmm. He's moved up from high A to double A to triple A. Austin Martin is in double A. Uh, uh, Justin Foskey's in double A. Garrett Mitchell's in double A. So you've got all these college bats from the first round last year. And 
Gonzalez, Kerstad hasn't even played yet. Kerstad might have, might not ever play. He might be done. But Gonzalez, yeah, just in high A, and he's crushing the ball. <clears throat> like let's let's move him along here. Let's 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 because because I think all of us want to see these guys eventually hit Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's that's like the end goal here. <laughs> we want to see these guys in Pittsburgh, and we right. want them to get here really as fast as possible. Which um, Nick Gonzalez was. <laughs> you know, a potential fast track candidate, you know, he could get yeah, here quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I gotta think if it wasn't for the injuries, he'd already be in double a same, but like, come on, Ben, like, what is, what are we waiting on? Like, what are we waiting on? He's, he's clearly shown that he's, he's, he's dominating this level. Let's, let's move it. Let's move it. Yep. I'm, I'm all for it now. Like I, I wish get, and hoped he was there yeah. today, which he, at least that I know of is not, um, yeah. which Getting also AFC. makes it sound as if he probably won't be. Uh, again, I know two weeks ago I was indifferent. Now I'm all with you. I'm for it. Like, let's get him there. Let's get him there. Let's have him finish in double A. He can finish there. You see two weeks. And what if he does really good there? I mean, that's just, that's great. That's a great foundation to move forward next year. He's in double A again and makes you feel really good about him. And I'm sure he feels really good. Like he gets rewarded and he should be in double A. The injuries is what kind of derailed him, like you mentioned. Um, and I think he's proving that. This guy, he's, this, this is like the Ronzi Contreras effect. You know, like he is at the point now mm-hmm. where it's embarrassing that he's in this league, you know, for all the other players, all the other pitchers. Yeah. So get him up to double A, even though it is just a few <laughs> weeks to finish it out to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it does not look like it's going to happen then. So whatevs um so yeah there's those two players that are just killing it right now uh anything else i mean do we want to it seems like we got to talk about matt frazier again right just because the dude just keeps hitting i mean absolutely awesome to see i mean yeah there's not a whole lot more to add He's just, he's, he's finally, he's, I think he could, you know, he could hopefully finally be that guy who like comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, is that dude. Um, he didn't have the, he kind of fell down, back down to earth a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. He still, you know, you know, he was three for, you know, his series. So three for 24 or something like that. So not the best week. Last week, that was really the first time he struggled since being called up to double A. But, uh, yeah, just keep seeing good things out of him. Yep. Yep. Very, very intriguing. Um, I still have to feel slow. What I want to bring up was. There it is. So, yeah. So, right. Like you said, so it was a down performance, but um, I mean, the strikeouts were really, really low still. You know, I just feel. Just lucked it to work out his way. <laughs> Very low baby. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I oh, man, I just love everything about Matt Frazier right now. Um anything else stand out for you this week, minor league wise? Uh, I mean, there's some like super low level stuff happening. So, you know, Bubba Chandler, Breland Bishop, those guys are all playing. Um I I think Lonnie White even started playing so uh-huh. you know there's some stuff going on there in uh you know the complex league as they call it now um so yeah lonnie white 
four games under his belt now. Uh, Henry Davis looks like he may be out the rest of the year with yes. an oblique. So a little disappointing there. Uh, I would imagine he gets some some playing time this this uh, this fall. He could be an Arizona Fall League candidate, I think. Um, as long as as well there. as Gonzalez, as well as Gonzalez could be too with the missed playing time. So I think those are two guys who are who will probably end up in the Arizona Fall League. I'm going to be very honest with you. I kind of forgot about the Arizona Fall League because it's been a while. Yeah, it's back. Arizona it's back Fall this League. year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. That makes me feel a little better about Nick Gonzalez now too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, it's back. Um, speaking about minor league, lower levels too, to mention, Po Yu Chen uh, has made his debut yep. in low A. So... Um, he was tearing it up beforehand. So 26 innings pitched in six starts. He had a point, very nice, 0.69 ERA, striking out very 10 nice. batters per nine. Not one walk, not one home run. So good stuff from the international signing, Jim. Those international dollars, baby. Uh, so, yeah, very nice thing from him as well from the low miners. Yeah, looks very got, got roughed up a little bit, you know, in his first start in A-ball. So we'll you know, he'll probably get you know three more starts the rest of this year, kind of mm-hmm. just see see where he does. But yeah, only 19 years old, and he absolutely dominated uh, complex league. Yep. Uh, that's really all I had to say. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up the show. It's about that time. Yeah. And then we'll yeah, see you guys it's about time Thursday night. So. Bye-bye. See you guys.